Welcome back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. And I'm Catherine, co-host Bestie. Catherine. Hi, Tracy. Are you excited? Yes, I am. I'm ready to go. Okay, she called me baby, Uh not as a term of endearment. Oh, yes, I did. Okay, we're covering the topic of birth order today, friends. Yeah. This is an exciting topic. It is. Catherine, the oldest in the family, Mm -hmm. has been dying, chomping at the bit to get in here because she reread the book. The Birth Order by Kevin Lehman. By Dr. Kevin Lehman. Dr. Kevin Dr. Kevin Lehman. Yes. Whom we both had the pleasure of seeing in person. Mm -hmm. Was that at the Hearts at Home uh, conference, Mother's Conference? Uh, I believe we saw him there and Olivet. Nice. So we've seen him a couple times. I've loved Dr. Kevin Lehman over the years and still love him. And I I think he's funny. He's very funny. I really like that about him. He strives to be funny. Yeah. He works at it maybe, but he really... Mm-hmm. He really delivers the goods. Mm-hmm. And that's the topic of our podcast today is birth order. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give you a solid review of the birth order book by Dr. Kevin Lehman. Mm-hmm. All right. We have a couple takeaways that we've listed here on our little worksheet. You're going to hear about the book. That's one takeaway. Right. Second one is you're going to hear about our experiences. <laughs> which we Whether you want to or not. Well, they want to or they wouldn't I think in. so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and Catherine, as I've mentioned, is the oldest in her sibling group yeah. of three. Mm-hmm. And it's two girls and one boy. I am the youngest of my sibling group of three, also two girls and one boy. Yes. So it's flippity-flop. Right. So you're going to get to hear about our experiences and our adventures as besties and the opposite birth order situation. Yeah. Totally fun. And then finally, we have a call to action like we always do, mm-hmm. which you got to stay tuned. And we're going to give you a little assignment and a little scripture to yes. encourage you that no matter what your birth order, God has something to say about it and it's all good. True. And who are our sponsors? Oh, I always forget about the sponsors. We can't. They, I know. They, they sponsored this whole thing. And allow us, well, I think allow. Yeah, don't use that word. No. (laughs) Let's just say our sponsors are Puffin. Yes. Our husbands, Kenny and Ron, who also have nicknames. Kenny, Catherine calls Kenny Pooh. I call Ron Muffin. So we go Pooh and Muffin, Puffin. Puffin. There you go. (laughs) Those are our sponsors. And the supporters of the Tracy DeGraff Ministries also are sponsors because they were the ones that purchased this equipment that's true that we're talking on right now why don't you describe tracy DeGraff ministries tracy DeGraff ministries is my comedy slash speaking slash authoring slash podcasting ministry mission slash vision slash slash a lot of slash, slash. <laughs> a lot of slashes <laughs> and it is uh there's an um we just prayed about not having that's okay. ums. sorry that's all right uh, what i do is i i bring two missions basically to my audience Mm -hmm. and I am on a quest to introduce people to Jesus and mammograms yes (laughs) right because they both save so Jesus will save your soul and a mammogram guess what will save your life Mm -hmm. because the the sooner you you know get a hold of that cancer stuff the better right and how did you get involved in the the cancer 
realm of Because I am one. Because I am a cancer. Yes. Not I am a cancer. I am a survivor. You're, you're not a cancer. <laughs> no, you're a cancer. You're a disease. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, you're not. Remember that from Home Alone? You're a disease, Kevin. Oh, yes. <laughs> the baby. Yeah, I know. The family. I know. That's and right. he's so cute and adorable. Uh, mm-hmm. He's, No. Kevin? He instigated all... He was cute. He Absolutely, he was cute. But he instigated that whole... Oh, actually, no. The older brother did. Now yeah, that I think about it. They wouldn't even have a movie without Kevin and Catherine. No, I never... I No <laughs> doubt he is cute. He's the star. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Here we go. This is going to be a ride. Get get buckle in, friends, because uh-huh. Catherine and I are going to have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, by the way, for uh, mentioning the ministry because we are full bore ahead mm-hmm. in terms of the pandemic. Now is done. Mm-hmm. It's donezo, and live events are on. Yeah, thanks. and we're getting out there. Yeah. So anybody listening who has a church that would like to host a Life Happens Laugh Anyway outreach event. Uh, I'm your gal. Yeah. For reach that. out. Make a comment. Yeah. Contact. Let us know because we're yeah. booking now. And or if you're connected to a hospital or breast center that would like to do a breast cancer awareness event. Also, I'm your gal. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's okay. roll with Dr. Kevin Lehman. Yeah. So this uh, Dr. Kevin Lehman, mm-hmm. he is an expert in the field of the birth order. He, I consider him an authority in it. He has, when he wrote this book and revised it, I think the last time he revised it was the late 90s. That's and a long time ago. And at that point, he, was, he had 25 years experience. And he studied lots of data. And he really, I guess the way to sum it up is the law of averages is really what it comes down to in terms of being able to say yes Firstborns are basically like this. Middle ones are basically like this. And then uh, the babies of the family are typically like this. Oh, yeah. So, and if you're just now hearing for the first time birth order mm-hmm. and the study of it, it's exactly what you might think. It's exactly how it is described. It's the order of your birth within your family of origin. Right. And how it affects your personality right you know why you are the way you are it's, and how yeah, a you good can, way to put it why you are the way you are and mm-hmm. what's the other part of it well and how you can recognize your strengths and your weaknesses and then you know kind of figure that out and make that work to your advantage right and grow exactly growth is good it's always good unless you're talking about you know your hips <laughs> then it's like oops <laughs> Or cancer. True. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta be careful how you say that. Right. All right. Well, in general, mm-hmm. if I'm, if I've never heard of birth order, or I've never heard of Kevin Lehman, mm-hmm. in general, give me your, your take, like a, like a summary of the book. A summary of the book? Okay. It would be a collection of Dr. Lehman's observations and experience in counseling and in uh, research of uh, birth order and how it affects people on their everyday lives, their successes and their weaknesses. Yeah. And I would, oh, and also, like I said earlier, it, you can use that to your advantage. How you can correct uh, some of your weaknesses 
and how you can expound on some of your uh, strengths. Yeah, and I think that it can also help you understand the people around you. It, uh, it, very much so. So that you can have a little bit more compassion. Grace. Yeah, grace is another word that would be great to have in relationships. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for others, because mm-hmm. we all have strengths and weaknesses, and we all have a birth order that we had nothing to do with. It's not like we're in the womb going, I want to be first, yeah. or I want to yeah. be last. Yeah. No, it just happens. You are who you are. Yeah, and I'm glad you pointed out, like, how would I summarize that and and also how it affects uh, people around you because he also addresses how um, when you first become a parent, what's the best way to raise your firstborn, your middle, and your last child? He also has uh, advice on, you know, in the professional world, how to handle Okay, and just a little side note for parents, because some moms might be listening who are like us, and the parenting gig is Mm. already done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Catherine and I pray before every episode of this podcast, and it was, we take turns. Well, this time it was her turn, and when she prayed about the parenting part of it, she was like, oh, well, (laughs) um, oops. (laughs) You know, because we all make, we, we do what we do we do the best we can with what knowledge we have yeah and then we keep going forward so if you're like us and we're in our 50s our kids are grown and flown they're Mm -hmm. done um don't sweat it if you didn't apply any of the above that Mm -hmm. we're about to share with your own kids it's okay absolutely yeah yeah, I've got to fix it. I went along with that. But yes, that it is true, though. Yeah. All right. Well, I know that your plan is to describe now mm-hmm. what it what he defines as the oldest child and their traits and characteristics. Same for middle children and youngest children. So let's dive in there. All right. Well, we are going to go over, first of all, I got to flip to it because... I just realized when I wrote my notes, I went straight to the firstborn and ignored the other two. (laughs) Why is that, Catherine? Uh, Isn't that crazy? Because, you know, I did extensive preparation for this. But here we go. Overall, the firstborn is typically a perfectionist, reliable, conscientious, list maker, well-organized, hard-driving, natural leader, uh, critical, serious, scholarly. When I read that one, I was like, eh, really? But um, he describes that later. Kind of means, you know, more like, you know, likes to read, things like that. Mm-hmm. Logical, doesn't like surprises, loves computers. Okay, I read that because I, I, I'm a firstborn, in case you missed it. And I hate computers Yeah, in many, overall. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, yeah, it's like a love-hate thing. Oop, I <laughs> What'd you do? I almost closed the book like we're done. Oh. But we have to go to the middle child. Yeah, right. Middle children (laughs) and the last ones as well. But I'm going to add with the firstborn. They get the most work. What do you mean? They're given the most responsibility and the most work. From like. From the parents. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yes. Just saying. (laughs) Self-sacrificing, conservative, supporter of law and order, legalistic. (laughs) And self-reliant, hate to make mistakes. That's me. Okay. Okay. Some of those are not me. Okay, wait. Yeah. The reason that strikes me as just so funny Mm -hmm. is because when you're doing the reporting, you have the emotion behind it. Like, it's not fair. It's (laughs) We get the the most most work. work. Well, 
I remember that. Feeling those feelings of I have to do the most or I have to bear the brunt of this. Mm -hmm. I visualize it as going through the snow, right? Mm -hmm. So the firstborn is the first one Mm -hmm. to trudge through. And the rest of them just follow along in the footsteps and it's not as hard. Did you steal my book? Because that's what Dr. Lehman said. Oh, well, maybe. He he described it as the snowplower. I always described it as, and this is a common thought, you know, breaking the ice, breaking the mold. All of those things. Well, and just like you can't help it that you were born first and that you are the sibling, the one who mm-hmm. is the first one. Even, okay, wait, we, I might be diving into the weeds here, so pull me out if I am. But mm-hmm. for your parents and for my parents, mm-hmm. right, they're first born, everybody's new. The parents, it's their brand new exactly. experience. They don't know what they're doing. Okay, that exact reason is why a lot of times firstborns are the way they are because it's also the parents' first one, and so they want to get everything right. Right. So you're they uptight. Are, yes. <laughs> yeah. Even the most laid back parent is they they typically treat the firstborn different than they do. The next one. And it's okay because you oh, can't sure. help it. You sure. don't you don't have to have it all figured no. out. All, right. all this is is an explanation right, right, of right. why you are. Okay, so keep are. going. All right. The middle one. Yeah. Or ones because there could be a lot of middles. And oh, right. Okay, so they're the most mysterious in terms of being able to pinpoint them. Okay. And also, I'm just going to say this too, that there's always variables so that can throw off some of these characteristics. There are, because of Mm -hmm. course, I'm envisioning my family of five, Mm -hmm. and there are three people that are in the middle, three sons. I have five sons, Mm -hmm. and there are three of them in the middle. However, in in the way that our family is structured, we had two children right away, Mm -hmm. then there was a five-year gap, and then we had three children all two years apart. Yes. That made for almost like two different orders of family, you know. So while my son Joel is our third born, Mm -hmm. he also has traits of a firstborn. Yes. Because he's the firstborn of that younger group. Yes. And Dr. Lehman goes into describing this more extensively in terms of those, what he terms as a role reversal. Mm -hmm. And that's different than a acting first child. So they're they're different. Yeah, because the the circumstances at hand can thrust you into Mm -hmm. a different role, or you could have a blended family. Like my husband's family was blended. They had three kids from you know his mother, and then they had two kids from his stepfather, and they were all blended together. Exactly right. And also, if there are special children born, Mm -hmm. you know, children with some sorts of uh, handicap that can throw things off, yeah, uh, quite a bit, and twins. Things like oh, yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hadn't really recalled that there was a thing about twins, but now I do. All right. So okay. what what else does he say? All right. Well, the middle child children typically are mediators, compromising, diplomatic, avoid conflict, independent, loyal to peers, many friends, uh, a maverick, secretive, unspoiled. But he also says though that that can be. The, uh, of all of the, the groups, the middle children can really vary the most, though. And we'll get into that a little bit more. Figures. The middle child is more blurred. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like <laughs> they're, they're, they're ignored. And I can't remember if I said this in, in the <laughs> beginning of our, our recording here or if I said it when you and I were conversing earlier. But when I was 
diving into this whole thing. I just wanted to skip over <laughs> the poor middle children. Yeah. I thought, yeah, Yawnsville. But, uh, but I didn't. And I did dive into it, and I'm glad I did. Actually. So yeah, because it is fascinating and interesting. And when I when I look at my own family, like I mentioned, my son Joel, who's in the middle, mm-hmm. he's really a great asset in our whole group of all seven of us. Mm-hmm. You know, because he gets along great with everybody. He does, but essentially, Luke. Joel and Adam are your middle children. And actually, I I wrote in my book here something about this describes Luke. Um, Well, I'll get to it in a minute. All right. Okay. Now, the next one. You skipped the baby. I No, I didn't. You didn't talk about the baby. I'm about to. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hurry up. See? She cannot wait. I think it's funny that you announced that I was chomping at the bit to do this recording. What all along I sensed you were because you the day before we were supposed to record yesterday. Yeah. And I wasn't ready. And because I can be a little bit of a frustrated perfectionist is what I am. Okay. Oh, she's uh, if only the audience could see. She's got that. Look. Okay. I I wasn't ready. I was just agreeing with you. No, I know. Uh-huh. I wanted more time. And you, I knew, were like ready to do it yesterday and just dive right in. Yeah. You know, it reminds ready. me of, uh, oh God, Superstar. <laughs> <laughs> she just Molly didn't... Shannon? Yes, Molly Shannon. And in that movie, she jumps right in the pool, whereas people like me, like, put their toe in and get in slowly. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah. All right. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Here, here is the very... The baby. The baby. Manipulative, charming, blames others, attention seeker, tenacious, Mm -hmm. people person, natural salesperson, Mm. precocious, engaging, affectionate, loves surprises. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's that's to round it up or to to summarize it basically. Okay. Yep. Uh, And then there's a D list. This is for only children. Children who are onlys. Only them. Little adult by age seven. Very thorough, deliberate, high achiever, self-motivated, fearful, cautious, vivacious reader, uh, black and white thinker, uses very, extremely, exactly, a lot, can't bear to fail, has very high expectations for self, more comfortable with people who are older or younger. And uh, he very often... uh, uh, puts the category of onlys and firstborns together. They're very... They're very similar. Well, because they are firstborns. Well, they are, but you know, firstborns and only children, they only have adults to learn from. So they're accustomed to adults. They try to emulate or measure up to adults' expectations, yeah. things like that. And so they have that in common. Yeah. I remember when we were thinking about whether or not we should have a fourth child, mm-hmm. right? And this is common knowledge in my family, so I'm not sharing anything that nobody knows. Okay. But Joel had been born, and he was a big surprise. They were all big surprises, every yeah. single one of, one of them. Mm-hmm. And Joel is five years away from Luke, yes. second born. Wow. And, and Ron and I believed the myth, you know, he needs somebody to play with. Okay. <laughs> we, all we did was give him somebody to fight with. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's what we did. Yeah. Because we, in our head, we were like, these two have each other. Yeah. Now we need to, you know, we need another one to round this off. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, along came Caleb. And then the numbers were all skewed again. But Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I have three kids, and typically most people stop at three, according to Dr. Lehman. Okay. Uh, yeah, he says that it's easier for him as a as a psychologist to kind of figure out the middle child when it's that kind of setup. Right, one, two, three. Exactly. Instead of m- more than that, like we have. Yes, I gotcha. exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, so we'll kind of unpack the firstborn person okay and like i said earlier they usually tend to be conscientious well organized or at least want to be uh serious goal-oriented achieving people pleasers and believe in authority i have to say i can relate to you know when i look at achieving a lot of times i think of in the professional world but it's not necessarily always that you know in in terms of goal setting and um, hard driving I definitely would not describe myself as hard driving but I would in terms of family life Mm -hmm. and wanting to succeed in that kind of a way but definitely see myself as that but not so much in in the professional world yeah yeah but people pleaser for sure I (laughs) wish I wasn't but that's that's it and i f- absolutely believe in authority okay why do you say i wish i wasn't well because um you can get eaten you can get taken advantage of yeah also i just kind of admire when i see other people who aren't so much you know and i think well that looks so easy <laughs> yeah. to say no or and actually dr lehman does uh he have so out of all of the categories he only has a list for the firstborn at the end of the chapter to to kind of rate yourself and check off and mostly because it relates to perfectionism and that that's not a good thing to have and so he's saying it's not a strength and so one of them is do you have a hard time saying no or something yeah. you know and, and well somewhere he has that and i definitely struggle with that well and it's gotten me you know into i a can position. see yes i can see that and in in your case in particular do you, i'm sure you remember the time that i said no for you to the church a couple times did i do it a couple times oh yeah I, I don't remember what yeah. the task was it was it working in the nursery or cleaning no, the church it was or it was uh yeah cleaning in the church Okay, and mm-hmm. at that particular time, you were going through a lot. Yes. Life was coming at you hard. Yeah, and you knew that. I did. Right. And she was not able to or wanting to say no, and I Recognized said, it. I said no for her. I called yeah. the church, because we go to the same church, and I said, look, Catherine's not available. End of story. Yeah. Done. Donezo. Take yeah. her off the list. <laughs> well, the way I remember it, we were actually there, oh, and okay. you said that, but okay. I mean, that's... Well, here we'll I go. See, <laughs> see? Yeah. my memory of it yeah. is more vague. Like somehow it happened, whatever. Yeah, and you're more mm-hmm. like, and, and it doesn't even matter. It I, doesn't. I know it doesn't, and yet I blurted it out. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having grace. Because we'll get to you next. Oh yay! <laughs> or actually, after the middle one. All right. Yeah. Uh, also, so as I said, perfectionist, reliable, list maker, critical, which I can be. 
definitely, of myself and others. Scholarly, self-sacrificing, conservative, supporter of law and order. Did I say that already? I think you did. Yeah, authority and authority. Is that why you um, got so rattled when you got pulled over for the little... <laughs> the, the two times that I was with you and you were pulled over? Oh, Does that gosh. rattle you? It did, because I thought, moi? <laughs> what did I do? Yeah. What could, and... And it wasn't what? for speeding at no, all because Catherine's it wasn't. not a speeder. Mm. Well, a not bit. well, not in town. I mean, we were in town yeah, for the right. one in Piatone, and then we were kind of like in town, just leaving Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you know the reason I'm more of a respect your elders and authority is not only my birth order, but also the type of parents I had yeah. were very strict. Yes. So, you know, compounds the issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And let's, okay. And also, here's another thing to unpack with the firstborns. There's two categories. Uh, One is, and I fall under this one, the compliant nurturers and caregivers who want to please. But I have those qualities of being compliant, more want to just, instead of take on a leadership role, which many firstborns do statistically, I am fall into the category of I'd rather be in the background and do the tedious stuff, you know, and that's that's where I fall. The, you know, pleaser. Oh, and I, th- I thought this was funny. So Dr. Lehman, he is a baby of the family and he married and the oldest of the family. Mm-hmm. So his wife is, I'd rather not complain about it, but just grin and bear it nature. <laughs> like, ex- remember that yeah. one uh, comedian that said, oh, excuse me, you're stepping on my neck, you know. Paula Poundstone. Is that who said that? Yeah, she's so funny. I'm more like that. Yeah. And he's, he was talking about this incident in a restaurant mm-hmm. where it's top notch, and he and his wife are having a meal, and he is just devouring his food. He loves it. And she is just sitting there quietly. And he says, how's your meal? And she says, it's good. Well, he picks up on the fact that it's something's not something's up. It's not so good. And she's like, well, the salmon's a little undercooked. And she didn't want to disrupt or right. bother anything. So yeah. he says to the maitre d', he says, it's undercooked. Well, it was all taken care of. And they were, you know, the uh, cook and the chef or whatever, they were appalled that it was like that. And so they went above and beyond and corrected the whole situation. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a funny little story there because I get it. Sure. Yes. Yeah. And also responsible is on here. I feel like, see, and this is like, I struggle with this, like to put these things on here because they sound like really good things. And then I feel like, oh, you can't, you know, you mean talk about it for firstborns? Yes. And why do you struggle with that? I don't though? know. Oh, boy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of put, put in a position of damned if you do and damned if you don't. No way. Yes. Sorry. I would definitely say that. And you asked earlier, like, why do I struggle with some of the things about being a people pleaser? Yeah. You know? And one of them is to hear on this page, he outlines that if you team up the compliant firstborn with a selfish narcissist or insensitive boss or spouse, then you have the making of like a lot of trouble. Yeah. So that's the downside of that. So that's the category I fall under. But the other one 
are the other category is aggressive firstborns known as the movers and shakers, leaders, strong-willed, high achiever. Yeah. You know, I oh, read about the presidents of the United States uh-huh. and Dr. Lehman talked about, yeah. I think it's like 60 some odd percent of our American presidents have been firstborns. Yeah, a big. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. It is interesting. Well, and when you think about leaders, mm-hmm. whether or not they're presidents of the United States, but just leaders in general. Mm-hmm. Well, firstborns, they were as soon as the second one shows up, they're the leader. The firstborn has a lot of experience in leading. Yes, that's exactly right. The very first memory that I have mm-hmm. in my life yeah. is of my brother helping me put my coat on. My oldest brother. Really? My only brother. Yeah. And he's only you're, two years older than me. Yeah. Yeah. But your family's real close in age. We're all close in age. We're like Irish triplets. Mm-hmm. You know, you've heard the term Irish yeah. twins. They're like a year apart. Well, my brother, sister, and I are all a year apart, mm-hmm. you know. And I, that's the first memory that I have is I was in my footy pajamas and he was helping me put my coat on. Mm. So he must, if I'm in footy pajamas at that age, he's just barely got his shoes on. You know what I mean? Right. But it's that, you know, this book is really good. It kind of explains all of that. But no, even though you were close in age, your brother had that role. From an early age. From a very early age. Yeah. You know, things are said to the oldest, like, I expect more out of you. You're the oldest. Uh, You should know better. Yeah. Do this for your, I can remember my mom saying, watch out for your, for your sister. Absolutely. All kinds of, it's kind of like pressure. You know, you're too young to really carry that responsibility. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that you're, wouldn't say that the word too young. I would say, yes, there's pressure. Mm-hmm. And I would also say that as a parent of multiple children, mm-hmm. I put that pressure on my I did older too. kids. I did too. Especially because we had two older and then a big gap and then three little ones and I was losing my mind. Right? So... I would say, you know, go get me this, go get me that. You know, so there were a lot of extra tasks that were thrust upon the older ones Mm -hmm. and as well as babysitting responsibilities. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what we call a family. We're, you know, that's Mm -hmm. called just pitching in and helping out. So I'm I'm not criticizing the the use of the word too. I just don't think I would throw it in there. I would just say there is pressure. Is it too much? Maybe, but life is... Life is what it is. You know, we're all trying to survive. Dr. Lehman says that in, so asking your your oldest child to get this and get that, that's, you're not too uh, young for that. But some of the responsibilities that put put on the firstborn, you you are too young for some of them. Like just being accountable and responsible for the behavior of the younger one. Things like that. Yeah. They're they're just too young. Uh, Depending on what point you have the next child and things like that plus as we talked about before we even opened up the the microphones for Mm -hmm. this episode all of this is just sort of spaghetti at the wall type of thing Mm -hmm. in terms of there are exceptions to every rule absolutely there are unique circumstances where in one case it's this way but in a very other case it's this way Mm -hmm. you know I just don't want people to interpret it as this is the way it is. Oh, no. No. As we, as we said, yeah. and you just repeated, there are variables and yeah. there are exceptions. 
to get the full understanding, I would highly recommend this book because not only does it address these situations, it's helpful, you can benefit from it, but there's also tips on parenting if you're in the middle of it or you have um, an adult child who's starting to raise his or her own children. Yeah. It's it's very helpful. It brings in that. awareness. Yeah, because I look back and after I read this and I know I use terms with my firstborn, Patrick, a lot of these phrases that we put on the firstborn. And then, so then according to just by nature, then that firstborn feels, you know, that they have to meet these certain expectations. It's like a performance. Yeah. They have to perform. Yeah. By the way, if you're, if you've forgotten or you're, or you've missed it somehow, the name of the book is The Birth Order Book yes. by Dr. Kevin Lehman. Yes. And I would get the revised edition, which is what I have. Because the first one, obviously, is not as current yeah. as the And I'm the next sure one. that these books are available at any public library, but you can, of course, also order one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he did more studies after he did, wrote the first one. Mm-hmm. So that's that. And he also addresses some things that, because there's always going to be critics and people trying to debunk, or even people who have been to his... He This man has been on almost every show you can think of, radio program, and all the way uh, back to Donahue. Y- That's a long yes. way back. Yes, we'll get to that. <laughs> to Donahue. Yes, yes. Man, <laughs> so many people have never even heard of him. Yeah. Seriously. And back in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. he was it all. Yes. All right. Yeah. Anyway, so that is uh, like in a nutshell, summing up the firstborn. Okay, we're done yes, now. Thank you done. for tuning in. <laughs> I'm good with it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right. And now we'll go to the middle child. Yes. Children. In the middle. Mm-hmm. The flyover children. <laughs> yes, that's a good way to yeah. say. Yeah. Right. I couldn't help but think as I was reading this, I was thinking of my sister, who's the middle. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of my cousin Christy, and I was thinking a lot of my daughter Emily who's in the middle yeah and she absolutely fits a lot of this I don't want to say stereotype but it basically is yeah all right so to sum it up the middle born he says it's an inconsistent paradox they can they can really be all over and I at first I thought well that seems like a cop-out you know like you can't really pinpoint it but he explains in more detail. They are kind of a mystery. There's a lot of variables that can affect their characteristics. But overall, they can be... What's so funny? It's just <laughs> funny that the middle is more blurred. And yeah. the oldest and the youngest are more defined. So there it is yeah. again, the darn middle. It's all, you know... Mm. Yeah, Dr. <laughs> Lehman says that out of all of those that he counsels in life because he's a psychologist it the middle children he sees the least they have the least problems the older children have the most baggage and the youngest have oh i forgot how he worded it but issues well it seems to me like it's extremes so the Mm -hmm. oldest and the youngest Mm -hmm. have some extremes Mm -hmm. in their personality Mm -hmm. that perhaps middle children are just more even keeled about yeah so Bottom they don't, line is so it they doesn't just bother don't them have as, as many, right. Hot yeah. hang-ups and hook-ups and whatever. Yeah. Well, I don't know about the hook-ups, but hang-ups. Well, actually, he says here, the bottom line is admit that the middle child is iffy. <laughs> so he describes them as loner, 
quiet, shy, but also the paradox of that sociable, friendly, outgoing. Then uh, impatient, easily frustrated, also takes life in stride, <laughs> laid back. He, and he describes... Blurred. It's, it's, it's blurred. blurred. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very competitive, yet easygoing, not competitive, rebel, family goat, peacemaker, mediator, aggressive, a scrapper, avoids conflict. So family are- goat meaning what? Family goat. Like takes the blame? Like scapegoat or scapegoat. goat as in like greatest of all time goat. Oh no, not that kind. Okay, scapegoat. Yeah. Okay. Right, right. I had that had to be explained to me when I, um, I know I Tom, forgot all about Tom that. Brady was described as the goat. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I'm picturing a goat. Goat. Yeah. Anyway. Why, don't, why don't you describe again? Uh, even though you just said what a goat is, I don't think people caught it in maybe. sports. If Mm -hmm. one is called a goat, Mm -hmm. they are the greatest of all time. G-O-A-T. Yeah. Just get that straight. Instead of a goat, like, goat. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like Tom Brady is a good looking goat. Yes, me. Yeah. Anyway. Did you know the Mm -hmm. middle child leaves home the quickest, typically? Not true in in the case of my sister she was the last one to leave home mm-hmm. but okay you think about it so your middle children are luke and joel yeah they were out they were out out of here mm-hmm. asap true that and luke left before nate mm, right no didn't he go to europe no nate was already, already? Out. nate was out too pretty quick but i think he was motivated to get out because he had four younger brothers yes yeah, I think it's again another variable with a big family. It's yeah, it's I've different. Heard, yes, right. But it, but statistically, the middle child moves away first and the farthest. Interesting. And I was thinking about Emily. Yeah, she moved out first and wanted to go the furthest. She said that since like well, Pat, college. Pat moved out first from your home because uh, Emily well, and Ellie were left at your home in this home here. Okay. This is true, but he, so we made a move and my son was too upset to move with us. He did not want to leave. He only moved to my sister's home because he was too upset to leave our family home. He was the one that recorded room to room, the house we moved out of. He was tore up. Yeah. So he actually wanted to stay. So I think that case is a it's little different. See, yes. that's that's where all the nuances of yes. of all the right. differences come in. Right, exactly. All right. Oh, I wrote down in this uh, little side note on this page, Emily, Wendy, Luke, and Joel, and I think it says, because of this early search for friends and recognition outside the home while growing up, the middle child may be the one who moves away from the family as an adult. And the reason he says a search for f- friends and, and family or uh recognition is he says the middle child oftentimes has a lot of friends or wants to find friends outside of the family that would be true of luke and joel for sure Mm -hmm. in terms of like um school experiences luke we always called him he had a posse yes yeah he always traveled like a flock yes a flock of kids around him yes that that is not true. Very That's true. why I wrote his name on there. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, interestingly as well, that also says that 
the middle child also secretive and holds a lot in and doesn't open up as much. And I would say that of my sister, I would say that she definitely doesn't open up as much as uh, myself and my younger brother. Well, and when you think about three kids, like let's say they're just little kids, Mm -hmm. the oldest one is bossy and the youngest one is a tattletale. So how is the middle one going to get anything in edgewise, Mm -hmm. right? Right. (laughs) The middle one's going, oh my gosh, there there are too many words being shared here. Yeah. (laughs) The oldest one can't stop talking about how to do it right. And the youngest one keeps on blabbing about, you know, uh-huh telling tattletale yes i i joke with my myself mm-hmm. and my audience about being over 50 and when my dad was still alive i would tell on my sister really yeah mm. yeah because i would say dad kelly won't get a colonoscopy <laughs> you know like this is the stupidest thing yeah like i'm telling it. but you kind of knew that it was like silly you weren't yeah. you being playful? Yeah, because, yeah, but still, at the same time, yes, being play, playful, but as the youngest in our sibling group, mm-hmm. I'm still kind of like that, even though I don't have anybody to tell anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I think you'll tell anyone who listens. True. <laughs> Listen <laughs> to this. Listen. Listen to this, audience. My sister won't get a colonoscopy. I cannot wait to get to the baby oh, thing. Of okay, the thing. Okay, yeah, keep but we got to go with this. Shout out to the middle child, because... Dr. Lehman's uh, observation is that the middle child, children, may turn out to be the best adjusted adults. And then he goes on about he's they're the ones he sees the the least. Right. But it's also he does point out, too, that they might need the help, but are not as likely to seek the help. Whereas the oldest child definitely recognizes and is more analytical, sees a problem, and has a lot of issues and so wants to get fixed. And before you start laughing too hard, Tracy, (laughs) you said about the baby and the family, too. (laughs) That they're like, "Uh, I need help. And and they'll do anything. Well, and they may have court-ordered mandated therapy somewhere, you know, where the middle (laughs) child is more even keel. The youngest one is in trouble with the law. And so the court says, you need help. Or the anger management, you know, for the old whatever. Yeah. Just saying. So while we are discussing middle children. Yes. Now... I'm going to remind you, this book was written, gosh, late 90s, I think is when it was published. Whatever. Long time ago, okay? Yeah. Because now we're 2020. 2022. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) To be exact. Okay. Go ahead. Did you forget what you (laughs) said? Oh, 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 oh. It's happening. She's caught Never mind. Let's get on with this. Go ahead. Okay. So he points out that Donald Trump is a middle child who went on to be like the firstborn. So he had an older brother, Freddie, and Freddie, though, was more like complacent. The fa- so the father, Trump, he wanted to pass on the apartment, the construction, whatever, in New York to his firstborn son but that son freddie was complacent and wanted to please people rather than manage or control them but donald eight years younger than his oldest brother and there were some sisters in there Mm -hmm. he took over the position of successor to his father more or less by default 
and uh, his career in real estate was was launched. And yeah, he did okay. he he does a whole little section on Donald Trump and his like trunk talking about making deals and how fun it was. He didn't really care about the money necessarily. It was more he just loved the the wheeling and the dealing and and that kind of thing and this was all and pre-political trump this was this was this, just businessman this trump. is right this is exactly well the same yeah. thing happened in england with the king who abdicated to the younger one and that's yes. how queen elizabeth got snuckered in that's right because she wasn't even supposed to be there yes but the the brother ahead mm-hmm. of king whatever her dad's name was yeah because they had his real name was david or it's the other way around. But then his king name was, I forget now. But well, anyway. It happened yes. that the first yes. guy, he didn't want anything to do mm-hmm. with it. And he was like, I'm done. Donezo. Here you go. To yeah. the younger brother. And the other younger brother went, uh, okay. And you know, you think about from the beginning of time, the very first children, Cain and Abel. Yeah, there were issues. Yes. Hello. Right. And which, okay, so Cain, Cain killed was the Abel. older. Yes. yes. He killed Abel. Mm-hmm. Abel was the one who gave Jealousy. better sacrifices yeah. and offerings. Yeah. And um, Cain was jealous. Yes. And he whacked him. Yeah. He's whacked. Mm-hmm. As I, and since we're on this with biblical times, mm-hmm. you think about too. So then we have the prodigal son, who is the youngest. And the older son. I remember reading that as a young Christian, baby Christian. Yeah. I couldn't understand <laughs> how... The father embraces the prodigal son. So just a quick synopsis of that story. We got all day, Catherine. <laughs> Hopefully our <laughs> listeners do too. The The father has an inheritance for the sons. And the youngest son squanders the money away right away. And he goes off and he, he lives with pigs or works with pigs or something, which was really, really uh, beneath know anybody because he, one came, of the worst he jobs. came to that he, end and he's very low he, he like, yes basically went to vegas and shot it all yeah yeah right and then he had to be with the homeless people now meanwhile the firstborn he stays loyal he works in the fields he gives his father all his time and is responsible and all these things well then the the son the, the prodigal son the younger son comes back and the father embraces him and gives him, I think, a coat, and or maybe that's Joseph. <laughs> no, he gives him yeah. a coat yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and kills and a the fatted fat calf. Yeah, right. for a celebration, and he gives and him a celebra- ring. Yes, and the firstborn is like, "What the heck? I've been here jealous, doing well." <laughs> and when I first read that, I too was like, "I don't get it." Yeah, but that's a good thing about Bible study is that that's so. I was in a Bible study and kind of learned why is this significant? Why did God want to point that out? And it was because the father was so happy. I'm I'm getting emotional just talking about it, that his son who was lost has now come back home saying, I need you. Right. I need you, dad. I I did this. It was wrong. And the father wanted to celebrate that. But it didn't mean anything less of the, of the older son. It's just, embracing oh my son's back anyway well and the fact that the 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 bottom line is the son cannot do it without the father exactly and really that's a metaphor for life we cannot do this life without a connection with our heavenly father Mm -hmm. and he all he wants is Is for for us to recognize that and come to him yeah yeah 
And what a celebration. Wow. We're going deep now. I know. I love it. Take a deep dive. <laughs> All right. Where were we now? Well, okay, let's we, skip over the middle child. Right. <laughs> we were done with the middle child. Basically, we summed up that they're the most balanced because they're ignored. Okay. Yeah, so who cares? Let's go to the baby. Yeah. Actually, I did. Well, let me just see what I underlined here. Uh, let's see. Anything good? Oh, here we go again. That they're the least... They have no problem coming with psychology. Oh, no, that's the firstborn. Hmm. Yeah. Well, well, more, let's go more to the things. baby. Go to the baby. Go to the baby. Go to the baby. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I have a blue tab here. Why? Oh, should I list their characteristics? You might as well. They're going to feel bad. Wait, <laughs> wait. Yeah. Characteristics so, of middle children. Well, they're tip. Now, I already listed them, but then we, we could point out the strengths and weaknesses All right, let's of do each that. one. Okay. Let's do that. So, typical trait. They grow up feeling squeezed and rootless. So the strengths in that category are they learn to not be spoiled. True. The weaknesses, they may be rebellious because they don't feel they fit in. Also true. Another typical trait is they have reasonable expectations. Mm-hmm. And the strength for that is because life hasn't always been fair, they are unspoiled and realistic. The weaknesses on that uh, realm though is that being treated unfairly may have made them suspicious cynical and even bitter Ooh, mm-hmm. mm. yes interesting i think so they can be a social lion that's a typical trait strength from that relationships are very important they make friends and tend to keep them okay okay and their weaknesses friends can be too important and not offending them may cloud judgment on key decisions it's interesting to me that there are strengths and weaknesses to each trait that's that's so true in everything yes and i skipped that part on the firstborn but that's okay uh typical traits for uh, for a, a middle child once again independent thinker so the strength is they're willing to do things differently take a risk strike out on their own the weakness on that realm is that they may appear to be bullheaded stubborn unwilling to cooperate interesting Mm -hmm. another trait they're compromising so a strength is they know how to get along with others can be skilled at mediating disputes or negotiating disagreements the weaknesses though can be seen as willing to have peace at any price others may try to take advantage of them they could be diplomatic, so that means their strength would be pay, uh, peacemakers willing to work things out, great at seeing issues from both sides. The weaknesses, though, they may hate confrontation, often choose not to share their real opinions and feelings. And lastly, they're secretive many times. The strength on that is they can be trusted with sensitive information and know how to keep secrets. But the weakness on that is that they may fail to admit it when they need help. It's just too embarrassing. He has a whole section about the middle child feeling embarrassed. Do you know what's interesting about that? Because, mm. of course, when I'm hearing those, the whole list, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about my own experiences with my, sure. my middle children as well as my sister and our family. When our mom passed away, mm-hmm. we were in our 20s. Okay. So we, you know, theoretically would have a lot of life to live right because she died as a young woman we were young adults when she died Mm -hmm. she wrote a note not to be opened until the year 2020 or 2000 it was 2000 i think Mm -hmm. at the at the year 2000 okay and she died in 1993 yes that meant somebody was gonna have to hang on to that note 
for seven years okay. uh-huh. before it could be opened. So yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm getting this right that mm-hmm. it was the year 2000. Guess who she gave it to? Kelly. Yes. Your your the sister who was in the middle. Right. Yeah. Right. Because if she gave it to me, <laughs> no, it would have been opened immediately. Yes. <laughs> Oh, gosh. And that is so like my husband, Kenny, who is not the youngest in the family, but he is the youngest of three brothers. Right. So he has the traits of a youngest. He does. Yeah. Definitely. And that's what attracted to me to him. Not, you know, so much that that he can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> but but the fact that he was, you know, funny opposite of me. Exactly. Yeah. And not only that, but my sister knew where the letter was. You know, because that's also a thing uh-huh. of not knowing where stuff is. If you're a little, uh-huh. yeah, he addresses that. <laughs> yeah, like what? Absent-minded, loses yeah. things. Yeah. I just found it interesting as you're reading that. I'm like, huh, that's probably why mom gave that letter to Kelly. Because mm-hmm. I mean, obviously my mom died of cancer. So she yeah. knew she was sick, going to die. Yeah. It was a pretty aggressive cancer. So she just figured I'm going to write this note. Mm-hmm. Interesting, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, I should write is. a note. I should write a note to my kids. I think we, I, I think we all should. Yeah. Why open, not? Open this. We're gonna die years. someday. Yeah. I don't know if they would I feel creepy. Just saying I know. Let's that. move on. <laughs> and suddenly, I don't like where we're going. Well, you're gonna like this. Okay. Good, baby. Lastborns often love the limelight. Oh, would you say that's true? Yes, I would say one hundred percent. And notice it says often. It doesn't mean every lastborn. No, no okay? but okay. But on. it's. The law of averages yeah. and statistics all point to that. It's just, and so Kevin Lehman, I highly recommend this book if I haven't said it already, which I know I have. He, it's funny because he goes on, he is the baby of the family. He goes on about his story. And then he even says, I realize I'm doing this, but it's all to say this, this, and that, you know. Plus and, it gives him the stage. Here's the stage. Oh yeah. oh yeah. He learned when he was eight years old. He loved when people laughed. Yeah. And so he knew he he strived for that. So he was yeah. a class clown. He failed in school. And this is his story. Failed in school. T- failed terribly in high school. Couldn't get into college. And but then his life got turned around. His story is really interesting. I never forgot it. The, what, gosh, yeah. I, it was years ago we saw him. Yeah, it was. Very long time the ago. The first time. I recall him mentioning comedians who mm-hmm. were last born. So just like he mentioned presidents mm-hmm. who were first born, he had a big long list of comedians who were all last born mm-hmm. and was noting the fact that the youngest are the funniest. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that the youngest are the dumbest or anything like that. Because no. even though he he no. gives, you know, great <laughs> emphasis... God, on the, pointing this out. on the fact that he graduated fourth from the bottom, I, on the other but hand, I love that you're did pointing not. This out. <laughs> he yes. only failed because he was a class clown. Because, I was not then. No, he, yeah, and he just did anything for a laugh. Yeah, at the sacrifice of his own education. I mean, he was pretty extreme. Well, okay. and obviously he overcame that because he became Dr. Kevin oh, Lehman. Oh, he strove. So so we'll get to that, Tracy. Mm, all right. About the persistent youngest one, okay? <laughs> all right. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Yeah. It's he I I'm just I'm going to read some of the things I underlined because I felt they were definitely something worthy of saying. The youngest may have been born last, but he has a sixth sense that tells him he is not going to be least. <laughs> 
Okay. Of course Youngest not. children in the family are typically the outgoing charmers, the personable manipulators. Mm. They are also affectionate uncomplicated and sometimes a little absent-minded Love and it. he says they're what <laughs> <Me worry>? <laughs> <laughs> approach to life gets smiles and shakes of the head and he points out something about uh Westborns are the most likely to show up at the ele- um, elementary school concert or the sunday school picnic <laughs> unzipped unbuttoned in some delicately obvious area <laughs> All right, I have to just interject here for a moment. Mm-hmm. So hold your place. Yes. Catherine and I travel quite a bit. Yeah. W- well, now we we're getting back to it and mm-hmm. we did this before the pandemic, traveled for ministry t- to stuff. do ministry to do shows, mm-hmm. all right? And we'll get in the car and I'm packed and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And she gets in the car and and she's like, "Okay, you know where we're going?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, Alabama." <laughs> she's like do you have directions no it's just alabama (laughs) right right but this is true but Catherine, the firstborn she'll have a backup okay not only does she oftentimes have printed directions written in case if anything happens like the internet goes out the battery is dead no (laughs) wi-fi come on now but she also has a paper atlas. A, yes. An atlas. <laughs> Catherine, do you know how many people don't even know what an atlas is? Well, too bad for them. <laughs> They're going to get lost one day when the grid gets all jazzed up. <laughs> They're not going to be able to read. Uh, okay, so true story. True story. <laughs> We're going to Alabama. We're going to a gig. And she's like, where is it? And I'm like, Alabama. And we're at in Alabama. Dothan or Dothan. I didn't know how Dothan. to pronounce it. Dothan. Yeah. Dothan, Alabama. Where's that? I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> and then and then we end up we ended up staying at our friend's house, Darlene. Yes. I, and, yes. And we really that really it was kind of on the way, but not really. It was just It, it was not on the way. Not really. I mean it was south, but it was opposite. It was a it was little west. bit it was a little, a little bit west. out of the way. Yeah. But we it, wanted to see her. Right. Mm-hmm. So I want <laughs> I know she's a, she's one of our she top listens. listeners. Yes. I wanted to include a visit on the way yeah. because I have a high value in terms of uh, relationships. Yes. All right. So we stop on the way at Dar's house and we spend the night there mm-hmm. and had a, had a blast. And then in the morning we get up and we get out in the car and we want to go to Goodwill because that's one of the things that we do. It's we just love fun. Goodwill. So we just say <laughs> into the GPS thing, close this Goodwill. <laughs> and we think it's going to take us to, you know, on our way. Yeah. But we end up and then we're talking. <laughs> I think I've shared this before on this podcast, but but we're yipping and yapping and talking. And pretty soon we see an arch, a gigantic one, not like the golden arches like McDonald's arch. No, no, the arch. And it's sticking way out into the sky. And I I look at at the arch and I go, wait a minute. How many cities do you think have one of those? Because uh, I know of the one in St. Louis. We're not supposed to be there. Yes. And that's where we were. And as you were saying it, I'm realizing there's only one. <laughs> <laughs> only one. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what else? I don't know if I shared this with you ever. I was thinking, why didn't I 
double check where the <laughs> GPS was taken. I just trusted and went along yeah. with it. Yeah. Which is not like me. Yeah. So interesting, uh, the adventures of the oldest and the youngest oh, yes. traveling oh, together. Oh, so funny. <laughs> Thank you for that little divergence. <laughs> yeah. He points out, it stands to reason then that the family clown or entertainer is likely to be the last born. True. And, you know, because they like to get that laugh or get that attention. Uh, he does point out the clowns also have a dark side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> he says a typical characteristic of the last born is that he is carefree and vivacious, a real people person who is usually popular in spite of or because of his clowning antics. But because of that, one could be, uh, so being charming, outgoing, affectionate, and uncomplicated, they can also be rebellious, temperamental, manipulative, spoiled, impatient, and impetuous. And, uh, you know, I think he, he falls under that. Also true. Yes. I think mm-hmm. the temperamental one resonated the most with me of that list mm-hmm. um, because your emotions can go all over the place for any of us. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm just speaking for myself. I can have a tendency to be like super excited about something or not care at all about it, you know, and have like this big. So Catherine says I'm blasé. Yes. I'm blasé until are. I'm not. Until you're not. And then when I'm not, it's like I have saved up all of my caring for yes. one thing. Yes. And then I can be over the top like, oh, no, it's going down. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And yeah. we'll get to that, too, because I, I, I just so what I did was I marked these pages and I am right now just going through the parts I highlighted. But yeah. we'll definitely address that mm. as well. Uh, He points out the last borns carry the curse of not being taken very seriously, first by their families and then by the world. And many last borns have a burning, he puts this in quotes, burning desire to make an important contribution to the world. I would say that about you. Yeah. You definitely. I would say that too. Mm -hmm. Especially in terms of my mission with comedy, because it's not just about comedy. It's about the mission of introducing Jesus mm-hmm. and cancer screenings. Well, the thing about you is, yeah, you have these characteristics, but you're a mature woman and you're also a very mature Christian. So you have learned to take your gifts and just the way you are and, and put it to a productive, really um, very good contribution to yeah, the world. I, I would suppose that you could say that I've learned how to do it I would say that I was kind of thrust on that path with my cancer thing, you know, because I don't think I would be on that path if I wasn't a cancer survivor. No, but all of that was just carefully orchestrated yeah. by yeah. our good father. Okay. Uh, also, he points out, lastborns instinctively know and understand that their knowledge and ability carry far less weight than that of their older brothers and sisters. And he goes on to... Uh, explain then how that molds you mm-hmm. you know the the youngest and uh, why they are the, the way they are and that often the last borns are used to being put down or, or written off and then they carry this like I'll show them <laughs> attitude <laughs> yeah you know like just wanting to make their mark yeah. In the world. It's so interesting because when I was graduating from high school, my brother 
was in college mm-hmm. and he had gone away to college. Mm-hmm. And my mom was trying to talk me into junior college. You know, stay at home yeah. and go to junior college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, what he he gets to. I I want to do that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, ended so, up going away. Dr. Kevin Lehman, he explains similar to yeah. that. When he was younger, there weren't any community colleges. And he had done so poorly in high school, not because he was uh, unintelligent. <laughs> yeah, but because he was such a clown. Yeah, he was distracted. Right. That this man was persistent. I mean, he applied to 160 colleges and the counselor at school said, you're never going to get into them. And he didn't. He wasn't accepted by any of them. Hmm. But his denomination uh, church that he went to, he was persistent in writing letters and getting them to get him in somehow. And he has an interesting story. Yeah, he he really does. Because once it clicked for him, yes. Yeah, he was like, you know what? I'm not going to be denied this thing, whatever it is. Yes. That is a a baby of the family. You're going to at least go all the way Mm -hmm. in your trying. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm just going to read this paragraph. Dr. Lehman points out he takes little things from other experts and people who have written books on First, for example, this one, First Child, Second Child, by Wilson and Eddington. And he says here, Some lastborns become very adept at charming the world in various ways, while others grow up with a feeling that the only way they can gain anybody's attention is by making a mess, by being a problem child or a pest or a rebel who enjoys shooting spitballs at City Hall. If you are a typical lastborn, you have a fair share of both the charmer and the rebel in your makeup. And other people are often caught off guard by the fact that you can be endearing one minute and hard to deal with the next. And that's a clip from from this other author. Mm -hmm. Another characteristic charts that lastborn is that they are suckers for praise and encouragement. Mm. And I think I put LOL on the side of this here. It says... With that kind of, you know, makeup, the lastborn barely needs food. He's living on praise. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. No. I would say I could use less food. Yeah, well. Interesting. Yeah. And also, there could be a bundle of uncertain oblivions. Uh, lastborns are a seesaw of emotions and experiences that they find hard to explain or understand. And... Babies of the family can be charming and endearing, but then turn rebellious and hard to deal with. We can change from powerhouses of energy into basket cases who feel helpless. (laughs) That's funny. Yes. Lastborns are treated with ambivalence, coddled, cuddled, and spoiled one minute, but put down and made fun of the next. In self-defense, we babies of the family grow up with an independent cockiness that helps cover all our self-doubt and confusion. He also points out a major trait is persistence. And he goes on to to explain how he was very persistent in getting on the Donahue show. And that he he wanted to be on there. And he was rejected, I don't remember how many times, but over and over. And finally he gets on, but he thinks it's because he was such a pest. They just let him in? Mm -hmm. You know the point that you made about you can be praised one minute and put down the next Mm -hmm. i recall being a young kid and my sister she would beat the crap out of me at home (laughs) but on the playground if somebody looked at me the wrong way she would defend me like i was her prize and she was protecting me Mm -hmm. you know and so as a 
as a last born, I'm going, wait, what? What? Right, right. <laughs> Can't we do this at home? How confusing <laughs> that could be. Yeah. I can remember actually as an oldest picking on my younger sister and brother, yeah. but mostly, mostly my sister, I think. I'm not sure. Right. I think there was such an age gap between me and my brother Kevin was yeah. six years. Right. And I have to say, when I was in high school and even a junior high age, I didn't pay attention to him really other than I just thought he was so cute. You know, like I used to like to when he was sleeping, he doesn't even probably know this. I used to go in and just kind of look at him and I would sniff his little cookie hands, you know, yeah. like they smelled like dough and cookies yeah. and stuff like that. And so not so much him. But my sister, I do remember. But at the same time, if I found out that anybody else did, and I, you know, I spoke up for her or yeah. did whatever. Interesting. She might not say that, but <laughs> yeah, it's true. And they, he also points out that a last born is more likely to just do it. And he's like, I wouldn't be surprised if they're the ones that came up with the slogan for Nike. Yeah. And then just worry about repercussions later. Wow. Interesting. You know, something I put on my sheet here to remember to say is about the Baby of the Family Club. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. I am the president of this club. (laughs) Uh, Years ago, when Catherine and I lived next door to each other Mm -hmm. and we were raising our kids, you know, Mm -hmm. I would take the youngest in my family, Caleb, Mm -hmm. and the youngest in her family, Ellis, and the three of us would go for ice cream. Yeah. And I would go get Ellis, and I would tell the kids, now, listen, this is an exclusive club. This is the baby of the family club, and I'm I'm in charge here. (laughs) I'm the president because I've got the driver's license and the money, and you two are members. No one else can come, and I wanted them to feel unique and special and like that's a privilege time. I always thought that was so special, and and I know that Ellis really – enjoyed that yeah. and felt special and so I appreciated that very much and at the same time I thought I'm the oldest I can't imagine myself and <laughs> Nate your oldest <laughs> and, and my son Patrick together like having our little club right no because <laughs> the three oldest of the family would yeah. go what is this for what is this about <laughs> what is the purpose of this why I, I don't need this why do you have to label it that it's just getting ice cream well and especially <laughs> like I don't need this right like, you know I got my own stuff to do. But the babies in the family are like, wee! Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, we had a good time. Mm -hmm. I love, too, that... So you and I, you're the baby, obviously, as we've said many, many times. Mm -hmm. And I'm the oldest. And how it works for our, you know, like, relationship. Yeah. And I also... But, you know, at the same time, you're older than me. Yes. So even though you're a baby of the family, you are older than me. So I like that. I, I like yeah. that because in in one way, it's kind of like you're my little sister that I never had, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's fun. I don't know. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe you I like it so. too. Like maybe, yeah. maybe in some way you like not being the oldest in a relationship like that. I always wanted an older sibling, sibling especially yeah. a brother okay and so my my really good friend debbie that i grew up with she was one of nine wow and she was second to the youngest and she had all these older siblings and they're cooler they know things they're a group 
I mean, yes. that's, that's like a little mini farm like, situation. You know, and I just remember thinking, I wish I had somebody to break the mold. I wish I had someone who would like look out for me yeah. or whatever the case. But I was an adult by the time I embraced yeah. my so-called position. Interesting. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else to share? Or are you finished with? I'm finished with okay. the book. Okay. Part. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. Uh, well, what else did you want to share other than the book? Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to? No. Oh, okay. But I'm good. just curious if you, you sounded as if you had something else that you wanted to. Oh, no. I'm good. Oh, okay. Well, we've talked about the book. We've mm-hmm. talked about our experiences as besties and you being the oldest and me being the youngest. Mm-hmm. Now, well, before we move to the call to action, because that's like the next thing on our list, I did want to reference the 2015 studies. Oh, yes. That are out there. Right. These are scientific studies. There are two papers out there. If you Google them, 2015 studies on birth order, whatever, you can look them up and read them. They're very, (laughs) very complex. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Basically, the bottom line that they came up with was there's not a lot to substantiate these claims that birth order really impacts personality other than the oldest is slightly more intelligent. That was the bottom line of these two papers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked to see if Dr. Kevin Lehman had any kind of a rebuttal to that or a response, and I couldn't find one. I'd be curious to know mm-hmm. what his counter would be to that. Yeah. And I'll say that in his book, he does address his adversaries. Mm-hmm. He does uh, have a he does have feedback for some of these people that are saying, hey, that's not the case in my family or people yeah. who want to debunk him. He, he does have comments about that. I have to say that I'm all fired up because I just read right. pretty much the whole book. And I believe in his professional authoritative stance in that because of his extensive research the people he counsels his years of experience and and those things also a way to sum that up too is just the law of averages you can't dispute statistics well yeah but these people that did this the Mm -hmm. study they they did large groups that they studied in the united kingdom the United States, as well as Germany, mm-hmm. they may say the same thing. They may come and say, look, you can't dispute these statistics. It'd just be an interesting debate. Yeah. And I bring it to the table in order to just sort of bring it to the table. Yeah. That yeah. there are um, other points of view. Sure. And they're valid just as anybody's point of view is, is valid. It's a valid point of view. It's your perception. It's your point of view on the subject. My encouragement would be, as we go into the call to action, and then we're going to get to the inspirational close, Mm -hmm. which is our scripture, but the call to action for today is to read this book. Yes. Just read it. Yeah. Read it with an open mind. Yeah. Read it with, because in my opinion, who cares what the research says? If the book brings some value, read the book, Mm -hmm. chew up the meat, spit out the bones, Mm -hmm. learn something, Mm -hmm. and then maybe read it a second time and learn a new thing. Right. And it just, knowledge is power. Absolutely. And it really does bring, I don't know, some goodness to it. Because if you can understand yourself better and the people around you Mm -hmm. and have a little bit more grace for everybody, Mm -hmm. I think our world is better. For sure. You know. So read the book. Again, what's the name of the book, Catherine? It is The Birth Order Book, Why You Are the Way You Are by Dr. Kevin Lehman. 
L-E-M-A-N. Very good. All right. I know you can get it at your public library and I'm mm-hmm. 100% you can get it online. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Yeah, it is a best-selling book. It's internationally known. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to our scripture, mm-hmm. which is Psalm 127, 127 3. verse 3. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Yes. Yeah. Fruit of the womb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not the loom. Fruit of the loom. I I like that because it sums up all children. Doesn't matter. Right. What order. Right. All children are a treasure and a reward. And a creation of Almighty God. And we need to remember that. Right. Because he created each and every person with a purpose. That's right. So whether you're firstborn or somewhere in the middle or an only child or lastborn matters not. You're created by the creator. You are a creation. That's exactly with, with right. Purpose. And you matter. Amen. Well, that, mm-hmm. our next topic is one of my faves. Yes. Pain tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> because I, my pain tolerance is zero. zero. <laughs> and Catherine, yeah, Catherine has a claim to pain. Uh, it's not a claim. It's true. Mm-hmm. So we're going to discuss it <laughs> next week. Okay. Don't miss it. Yes. It's going to be a lot of fun yeah. and not painful. Okay. All right. Well, you've been listening to the wait, life. Wait. Oh, wah, did wah, we say wah. our call to action? I did. We just oh, went over you? that like thoroughly. Oh, yeah, we extensively. did. We read the book. Okay. <laughs> you know why? It doesn't match what I had. I <laughs> think I had something else. Oh, boy. Where'd I put it? Never mind. <laughs> You've been listening to the Life Happens Life Anyway podcast. I'm still comedian Tracy DeGraff. I'm still Catherine, the firstborn. Mm, see ya. Bye. <laughs>